0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is Chris Burcher, and this is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, and we are continuing to explore the "are versus should" problem—the idea that uh, many of us, if not all of us, have this dissonance or this conflict between the person that we feel that we are, we were born to be, and the person that we feel like uh, we should be—that society and um, other groups sort of tell us that we're supposed to, how we're supposed to behave, and how we're supposed to be. This is episode 63, and that's about 13 episodes worth of exploring the R versus should problem. And I think I'm getting to the point where I'm going to shift gears in the upcoming episodes in more of a, less of a why and more of a how-to. But for now, there's still more to explore. And episode 63 is about the two types of shoulds. So there are, you know, the shoulds are the big or the Are the elephant in the room? You know they're the cause of this dissonance, right? The R is easy. If we could be our R and we could just be who we were, uninhibited in the world, then everything would work out great, and society would be utopian. Of course, that's the that's the perfection model. That's not really attainable. The idea is that the more R we can be, the better off the world will be. And I will develop this idea in the future. And I do think that the shoulds are indeed the cause of all of our problems, and that truly living more in the R will, would make the world a better place and get rid of most of the huge problems that plague humanity on planet Earth in this universe. And again, we're not trying to get there. This isn't a perfect solution to anything. Uh, the, the, the hypothesis is that if we can address uh, the, the, and become more of the people that we are and shed some of the weight of society telling us what to do, then we can actually live Better lives as individuals, so the two types of shoulds essentially are extrinsic shoulds and intrinsic shoulds, right so you 've got the things that you tell yourself i man i really I really feel bad about how I talk to that guy at work or um, you know I, I i don't think i don 't think cutting people off in traffic is right, and I wish i hadn't have done that you know, the things we beat ourselves up about, and then the extrinsic shoulds were your parents telling you what kind of job you're supposed to get or that you need to get straight A's in school or that you need to marry the perfect person or get a good job or the, your religion telling you uh, that you can't like gay people or or whatever it is and the things like um, your job itself telling you how to behave, your school system telling you what you can do and when you can go to the bathroom and when you can't. The The intrinsic stuff is more somatic. It's more feeling. It's more, you know, our internal dialogue um telling us what to do or what we're, we're, you know, helping us make a choice. And the extrinsic stuff is more pragmatic. It's more physical. It's more coming at you from another person. Now, the the, the tricky part here is that many of the extrinsic things can be internalized and essentially become intrinsic. We can take on these external voices, these external shoulds and make them our own as if they were ours. And, and, you know, I certainly did this a lot. The example I use all the time in my job is I, I took on my dad's extrinsic voice of what I was supposed to do for a career in order to be safe and be happy and to have money and all those other things. And so I changed my major from philosophy to fishery science. Tons of other examples. You know, we start to believe the things that we hear and make them our own. And 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 not doing that is one of the solutions for future episodes. How do you not do that? How do you know the difference? How I mean, the, a fundamental thing here is how how do you know that voice in your head? It isn't you, right? I mean, it's a it's an amalgam of who you are and then the rest of the world, and so it gets really complicated to sort of understand. Uh, what it is you want or need or feel or want to do and and who they are really is. And that's part of the trickery of the shoulds, right? Is it muddies the crap out of the waters. And so you lose contact. And again, I will argue 2021 earth societies, we have, we are increasingly losing contact with the person that we are. And it's, these waters are getting so muddy and so difficult to, uh, to understand. And one of the ways that, Uh, Or probably the way that I've learned to discriminate uh, among these sort of uh, hybrid internalized extrinsic intrinsic shoulds is by feeling. You know, our bodies can tell us a lot of information. One of the things we've 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 done over the last hundred years is become we've become so analytical. We think the voice in our heads that talks to us and tells us what we should or shouldn't do and helps us make decisions and you know tells us uh, we look too fat or that we're lo- we look too old or we're not good enough um, and sometimes will reward us with with compliments. That voice is more and more analytical and pragmatic and the result of this amalgam of society and so far away from what it is we actually believe. You know, I've said it before; somebody else said it to me. We aren't the voice in our heads; we're the Thing that's listening to the voice in our heads, uh, and so we, you know, if we can shift our perspective away from thinking that we are our internal dialogue, and shift more into our bodies, and there are somatic meditative aw- awareness practices that you can do that help you understand and remember that you are a feeling body as well as a brain, uh, and and that's going to help discriminate between the extrinsic and the intrinsic motivations of the things that we do during the day. And the ideal situation is to let how you feel, think, believe, the you, the self, who's ever driving the bus secretly, the one that's listening to the one that's talking, the more close to the control system that 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 entity can be, or the more decision-making can come from that place, the better our lives are going to be. Period. It's really that simple. It's getting rid of all the noise. Uh, but but again, simple thing to say, really difficult thing to actually do. Uh, and then to, to, to sort of make this worse, you know, I got a comment on, on my last video about change and that sometimes, you know, ch- change goes in a bad direction. Like change can be a bad thing. Like, um, I don't know, I'm going to change my personality and start drinking a lot and binge drinking with my friends. But the point is not is that we understand that at some fundamental level, right? If we can kill the noise of the shoulds, the are will make the decision. So there's an inherent assumption underneath all of this, way, way up at the top, that people are fundamentally good and not fundamentally evil. And so when it comes to making a decision and being concerned with whether or not that decision is going to lead in a bad direction or an evil direction... The more somatic and the more in touch with our R and the more sort of intrinsic the motivation is, the less likely that is to be a bad decision, right? In other words... The more we can learn to trust ourselves, the more we can learn to, per, per, to feel our, our body's sensations, the more we can understand that we are the voice listening and not the voice talking, the more we can understand that there are many shoulds in the world that are trying to get us to per, behave in a certain way, the more we can focus on getting closer and closer to how we really feel and who we really are, the more we can trust that the decisions we make are going to be good ones. And so, again, there's an assumption that we're not worried about, Negative direction of evil or bad choices or uh, bad shoulds, because the motivation is pure, right? The, the motivation is for positive change, and we know the difference fundamentally in things that are going to harm us and things that are, are going to be good for us. But there are some good, so there are some good shoulds. I mean, you can, you know, take me for example. Like I heard for years, basically, the uh, essentially, you should meditate. Right, and I'm sort of like poo pooing that around. One, I don't like should statements. You know, um, don't tell me what to do. There's a there's a rebellion against authority inherent there, and especially without any explanation or real understanding of why this is something that I should do, uh, and so that doesn't feel very good. But in fact, if I were to tell you that you should meditate more, uh, that that's really going to do you a favor. So yeah, I think there are. There are more enlightened people in the world and more enlightened situations in the world and more clear moments in your own personal life where there there' there's going to things that are going to um occur to you that you could change that would be for 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 the for net gain in a positive you know good versus versus evil kind of way and so if 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 all of the shoulds were bad, then how would we know what to do? But I think more, the the important part is like the language. The meaning of the word should is like, well, you're not doing this and you ought, you know, you should be doing that. And so you're in a bad place, but this can make you better. You know, it's, it's, it's the semantics of change. Nobody is saying that you should be a better person. It's like we, it's inherent that you want to be a better person or you want to live a better life or, but I don't, I, I think it's, it's, it's really less important to discriminate between good and bad shoulds because they're really different things. You know your internal motivations and desires that come from a place of are a place of uh, of, uh, of a benefit and um, growth versus something that comes from a, um, a more negative or biased position like greed or even even you know some sort of manipulation or something like that. Um, you inherently know the difference. You now I think um, trying to think of an example, so it's like. If you're in a job interview, you may feel like it's better to act a certain way or to even lie or to fake, falsify your resume in order to get the job, right? So it's like, you know, you should do these things if you want to get a better job. And you should get a better job because you need more money. And you should get make more money because you're going to be happy. So there's this whole line of thinking that could lead you to behave a certain way. But not all of those things are bad, uh, not all of those things are wrong. You know, you should get a job. Okay, that's, you think about that. Well, it's like, well, I am, you know, I don't want to become lazy. Uh, I, I think that is a negative personality trait. I have been slacking off around the house. You know, I just got out of high school. I'm not in college. I'm sort of living off my parents. I've been drinking a lot. You know, maybe that sort of situation is is a should that pushes you into making a change in your life for the better. But some of those other things about the way that you go about doing it. Um, you know, maybe I'm just influenced by a more, um, puritanical, uh, motivating set of motivations. But I think, you know, that, you know, people know that falsifying information, lying in the, in the basic sense is not a good thing. And that, and that, and that's hard because sometimes people will say, well, I'm lying to protect you. You know, you don't need to know this stuff when you ask me and I'm gonna say no, because if I say yes, then you're gonna worry, even though I'm really safe. You know, there's a whole lot of weirdness in there. And just like there is for shoulds. You know, there's a whole lot of weirdness in whether shoulds can be motivating and then thus good, whether we and whether we really truly know the difference between good and evil. And this is a bigger conversation, right? This is a bigger thing about good and evil. And I think ultimately the R's and the Shoulds are a little bit about this good and evil thing. And that and, and it goes back to the, the assumption. I don't re- I'm not really interested in rehashing what what is good, what is evil, how we know the difference, are they are they apparent in the world and all of those things. It's been done by people that are far more interested and 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 talented on those subjects. All I can say is that I think the shoulds lie more in the realm of evil, and the R's lie more in the realm of good. And I think it is overall a good thing to try to develop yourself, because again, it's true to our nature of of our DNA and the ancestors who have survived to get us to this point. It's sort of what we're supposed to do. If you will, being more R is what we should do. It's as bizarre as that is. And so you get into this philosophical sort of circular argument where I'm never going to be able to defend myself out of this. Suffice it to say, I think it's a good thing to become more R. And I think it's a bad thing to let the world of shoulds run your life. I think that's enough said. Uh, I don't know how much more I can possibly develop that anyway. And so back to the somatic thing for a little bit. I mean, I think it's really important that we realize and this is something I've only, you know, I've sort of shitted my way into or, you know, resisted my, my way into over a period of 10 years. You know, that our brain, our analytical mind is just one small element of what makes us a person, of of who we are. And in order to become the are, we have to connect with the rest of us, and I think the first step and and really this is this is becoming giant and i've and I've only got a few minutes to sort of introduce this idea, but I think this is going to become you know the fifty million thousand foot view of what the r versus should problem really is, and I think ultimately the r versus should problem could go somewhere you know again global that actually attempts to solve the the fundamental problems of humans on Earth and empowers people to do this and I think what's crazy and sort of backwards but related to the r versus should problem is that I think a necessary part of finding your own r is finding it in other people or in connecting to other people and this is something that I I guess is it's been it's been spinning around in a lot of the self help and, and personal growth work that you know, uh, service is a huge thing. By, by serving your community, by serving other people, you can benefit yourself and you can truly grow. But but it's often presented as like a thing you do later. And even even me developing the R should problem, it's sort of like, well, you work on yourself, figure out this stuff, and then you can connect with the rest of the world. I'm starting to think that maybe if you flip that model on its head and either do those things simultaneously or maybe even start by connecting, that you're actually going to expedite the process. So in the R versus should situation by, by um, you know, immediately f- freeing yourself from introspection, you know, you're sort of stopping the process, right? You're sort of saying, okay, I get this. I've, I've gone down this path. I get what the R versus should problem is. I understand my values a little bit. I, I see what's motivating me. I, I can sort of since where I've been shoulded and where I haven't are. And I, I realize I got some work to do. Now, what if we shifted the emphasis off of us and onto other people? It's like, okay, well, well, how can I try to live like a better person and actually Without the analytical part, like switch into some other part of your system, the sort of physical behavior part. What if I start to perform in the world differently than I had before from a more R motivated place versus a should motivated place? What if I just try to, like, my big thing right now, as cheesy as it sounds, is to find love for everybody that you see. And it's easy to find love for the old couple, the 80 year old couple that's walking down the street holding hands. It's like, ah, oh, that feels good. Um, it's harder for me to find love for the dude driving the uh, ridiculous pickup truck with the loud pipes and like cutting in and out of traffic, uh, like he owns the road. You know, it's, I, I get I get you know triggered and angry by those things rather than this feeling of love. And the reason that and, and what I mean by love, and, and 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 this is another thing that's preached to the point of um, absurdity, is this feeling of energy and connectivity, and I've, again, I didn't know what this meant from an analytical or even a physical standpoint uh, outside the world of like familial love and lust and sex and those kind of things, but in my somatic work, I have discovered what it feels like to connect energetically with different people and entities and times and places, and I got to tell you, it's a pretty amazing feeling, and I've been able to transfer that feeling to my sort of immediate loved ones, into like a scene in nature or to a song or even to like a, a moment in a movie and I can conjure up that feeling of energy and for me it feels like a, you know, sort of a reverse chill up your spine coming from my belly button out into the world sort of through my neck and head, you know, like sort of like my spinal cord Um and just this immense feeling of content pleasure, Right? And so again, I see an old couple walking down the sidewalk that's holding hands and I feel that towards them. And I feel like there's this, I know this sounds so woo-woo and ridiculous, but but this is where it's headed. <laughs> and so just a heads up, you know, to bail if this is too much for you. But, you know, it's going to be coming from the perspective of a resistor. So if it's something that you resist, maybe you should stick around for a little while and, and be more open-minded. Uh, because I think the benefit... It, is pretty incredible, but so the, the the problem now becomes: Can I live in the world and find these connections to people that I'm super challenged to find these connections with? Because ideally, what someone like Don Miguel Ruiz or or any of a lot of these other um, um, personal growth uh, gurus—that's a terrible word—people uh, that know more about this stuff than I do will tell you that you know, loving your neighbor, loving the world. Is, is is a huge part of all of this, uh, because it it maxim you know if, if for no better reason than the selfish one if it maximizes your own personal capacity to love yourself, and so we've spent you know sixty three or thirteen or fifteen or twenty episodes sort of focusing on the individual in the R, and I'm feeling a a shift outward out and part of this is something I mentioned before that I think people credit to the Taoists uh, but I learned from the Toltecs is this idea of not doing and one of the, the the fundamental theme of the somatic work and that energetic stuff I was just talking about and loving your neighbor the fundamental theme of that work has been that it doesn't make any sense that there's a process that and the only requirement is that you trust the process. And then you, with the help of a guide or coach, you do it. And what I've noticed is it works better than anything else that I've ever done. And I find myself at the end just going, I don't get it. I don't get this. this. is silly, but I can't deny it. The evidence is there, but none of it makes any sense. And it's, uh, again, what the Taoists and the Toltecs call not doing. I'm not analyzing it. I'm not participating analytically or really even physically with my body. It's, well, not in that kind of a way, but it's a it's a somatic, it's a feeling and connectivity and, and really an energy practice. And key to that is to let go of all the other stuff, not analyze it, not worry about how it works, not try to micromanage it, not try to control it, not try to make something happen, not question whether I'm doing it right. None of that. You just do you just feel and again that goes against everything i've ever learned as a scientist or sort of as an intelligent person or as a pragmatist or as an empiricist or whatever you want to call somebody who you know values numbers over words none of it makes any sense but i'm telling you there's a big part of it and so it's sort of like another example might be if you you want to lose weight and be on a diet you. What do we typically do? We, you know, we download some information. We come up with a schedule. We be really strict. We follow this thing, you know. We a- analytical the thing to death. Uh, and so, what what the Taoist might say, or what I might suggest, is like, well, don't do that. You know, just don't just just rethink the way you eat by not thinking about what you eat. <laughs> you know, act as if you had no hit personal history with food. Act as if you know you 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 were getting closer to the core of what diet is, which is you know I need energy, I'm hungry, I need to fuel my body with healthy things and and maybe that's like a different way <laughs> of going about answering the question and so I'm not saying not doing is the answer to dieting, but I'm just saying that this idea of letting go of Of assembling all the tools and sort of analyzing your thing and giving yourself your moment, like we have been doing with the R versus should problem, putting the stuff out on the table, going, This is the rules, this is how it's gonna work, this is what we're gonna do, and then making a conscious effort to just say, okay, I'm done with this phase. I've I've analyzed it, I've empiricized it, I've numerized it, (laughs) I've quantified it, I get it intellectually, and now I gotta let all that go, trust that I've learned something. Trust that I understand the process, which is to generally sort of try to be more are and less should uh and now I'm just gonna do it and and sort of like in a and we'll get into this in and and I've already gone over too long today and to introducing these new ideas, but I needed to get them out uh and we do this by sort of uh in a meditative way right and sort of the simplest mindfulness meditation um what i do anyway is when you know i i hear a thought coming in i just instead of latching onto it and driving it to death and sort of developing it i just say oh i'm thinking and try to toss that thought to the side or or let it pass through and then immediately another one will come in and again just in, instead of attaching to it and and you know continuing to develop that thought, I just try to let it go. And that may be the what you do for 20 minutes and you never, but every once in a while, there'll be like a longer moment of time where you just don't catch anything. And that's what it's all about. And so I think as we enter this next phase, we're going to start, I think we're going to have to have some things like faith and trust in the process of letting go and um, understanding that, once you know enough about yourself, it, it, it get, you get to a point where you have to switch gears into a more somatic, dare I say, energetic phase of the of the process. So <laughs> what started off as being about the two types of shoulds, um, I think, had to go to this realm of empiricism versus somaticism to really understand the difference in the shoulds, because ultimately... You, your R is going to be much more somatic, and you're going to know the difference when you use your body to help discriminate. And the shoulds are going to be much more empiricist, empirical, much more pragmatic, much more analytical. Uh, and again, you you will learn to know the difference, and that's part of the process. So I hope, I hope that helps. And as a piece of the puzzle, it will make sense if it doesn't now, I promise. And so that's been episode 63, The R vs. Should Problem, The Two Types of Shoulds. I'm Chris Burcher. This is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. And I will see you next week. Thanks, guys.